Hey there, thanks for joining us for Markham's latest podcast series, Invisible Strength Next Level. In this series, we're exploring a wide range of construction industry topics and issues. Our guests are all experienced with hands-on real-world challenges. If you're involved in construction, infrastructure, or even asset maintenance, we reckon there'll be something here for you to take away. So, let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Markham Podcast, Invisible Strength, Next Level. I'm Hayden Prestage, Sales and Marketing Team Leader for Markham um, across Australia and New Zealand. And today we've asked Laura Jimmel to join us for a chat. And this is a topic we're very passionate about. Uh, it's all about environment, environmental um, impacts. And Markham are on, on a journey, as you would know from listening to these podcasts, to uh, really reduce that amount of concrete being produced in coming years and with our intent to add life to concrete, uh, we can achieve that result. So the environment does need to be thought about and hence this session right now. So Laura is currently uh, Chief Executive of Eco Choice Aotearoa, um, formerly known as Environmental Choice New Zealand. And she has a huge array of um, roles and history and of public very public facing roles which is fantastic so we'll hear more about that but most recently laura has worked over uh, 10 years in the world vision and situations around the globe so welcome aboard laura tell us about yourself how's things going on thanks so much hayden um yeah i've been with eco choice aotearoa for uh, just over a year now and prior to that, I came from, I guess, when we look at sustainability as a scale um, and you have environment at one end and you have social at the other, I was predominantly focused on the social end, um, working with communities in some of the most um, hardest hit areas by climate change, affected by war and things like that around the globe. And I guess what I started to see uh, more and more was how the climate and biodiversity crises were really um, undermining our efforts. Um, so if it was long-term sustainable development, for instance, in a community where we were looking at drainage, economic development, all of those sorts of things, education, health, um, you know, it only took a typhoon to, to roll in and wipe, you know, 20 years of work away. Um, and it was the same in war zones. You know, you would see people that, um, you know, fighting over increasingly scarce resources. So, um, more and more, I sort of started to turn my attention into looking at um, the environmental factors, which led me down a path. And I, yeah, arrived at EcoChoice uh, last year. So um, it's it's been a journey, um, but it's been a really exciting one. And it's so great to work with companies like Markham on uh, reducing environmental impact. Um, but I guess offering a level of assurance to uh, consumers, whether they're B2C or B2B, um, that I think no one else does. So, you know, we look at the environmental uh, impacts, increasingly social responsibility, you know, whether a product is safe for families and their homes um, and whether it's, you know, fit for purpose. Does it work? Does it do the job? So, um, yeah, something a bit different, but um, really exciting. And it just feels like more relevant than ever, uh, to be honest. Critical. No, it's good. Good overview. And it's, it's good you touched on the social aspect as well, because we often overlook that as part of the um, as part of this impact. So it's good. Good range of skills there. So thanks for um, all you've been doing. So to kick off you've touched on it uh, briefly then but what what is the recent uh, rebrand of 
of um, environmental choice to eco choice and tell us a bit about that and and what what is the organization all about um, why it matters etc sure um, well, Environmental Choice New Zealand had been around for 30 years with still the same outfit. We've just had a little bit of a, um, a brand refresh, I, I guess. Um, so we've been around for 30 years. Uh, the Ministry for the Environment in New Zealand uh, owns our trademark, but we have an independent board. Um, and I like to say that we operate without fear or favour. Um, you know, we certify products and services um, that, as I mentioned, are you know, environmentally preferable, socially preferable for, for purpose and safe. Um, and we do this by sort of creating product standards. Um, we often will look around. We're part of the global eco-labelling network, so we'll look to see what's being done in other countries. Uh, first, but obviously New Zealand is a very unique uh, country at the at the bottom of the world. Um, so we have some uh, particular challenges that we need to take into account and look at commercial viability uh, or feasibility rather. Um, so we create our standards and then we audit businesses uh, and their products against those standards. Uh, we do that annually and biannually we do a site audit as well, which is um, actually quite unique in terms of the eco-labelling um, I suppose, ecosystem. Um, so yeah, we've been around for 30 years. We've um, recently, very recently, in fact, uh, rebranded to EcoChoice Aotearoa. And that is to, um, I, I, it's been a journey. We've been working on it for about a year. And look, we started with names that were really, you know, out of left field, those sorts of things and came, you know, full circle back because at the end of the day, um, you know, when we talk about, eco, we mean, we're, we're sort of alluding to the wider ecosystem and treating the social elements and the environmental elements as separate. You know, we, we can't do that any longer because we need everyone on board, um, everyone doing their part. And, you know, for instance, if you are a single parent who um, is struggling to make ends meet and keep a, a roof over your head and feed your children, you know, the last thing you're going to do is pay that little bit extra for something that's sustainable or even have the brain space to be able to make those sorts of decisions. So it's imperative that we um, look at ways where we can um, tackle both, both issues at the same time rather than continuing to be in these silos. Um, so I guess going forward, we're, we're very much going to have sort of more of a people and planet focus. Um, and Aotearoa, we, we decided to use the Te Reo name for um, our country because we're a bilingual country and our name, uh, we think, better reflects that now. So, um, look, we're really proud of um, our new clothes, <laughs> I guess. Um, but it's also, um, it's not just about aesthetics uh, for us. This um, rebrand is really um you know, involves a new strategy as well, which is about being a lot more visible, um, a lot more forthright about sustainable business and um, responsible production and consumption, um, which is, you know, sustainable development goal 12. <laughs> and um, yeah, making sure that we're throwing, you know, the kitchen sink at this issue, essentially. Oh, that's good. I mean, I can testament to that going through your process when we started with you, what what was it three or four years ago? And, and it's good. It makes you um, really challenges your own processes. You know what? Are, what are we actually doing? So that's no, good. Appreciate you you um, opening up there. And I suppose what was it thirty years, nineteen ninety two to now? We would have seen some vast differences. Any any what's the majors in that? Um, you know, from what 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 would have been kicking off in those times to what we're seeing now? Yeah. Um... 
very interesting times indeed a huge change over the last few years um the last few years in particular to be honest so um i guess as a, a little bit of history you know back in 1992 when we were first set up we we're a not-for-profit so we had to be really um you know I suppose, careful about what we focused on. Um, and, it, you know, we didn't want to bite off more than we could chew. So it was about looking at where we could make the most impact. Um, and back then it was, you know, looking, working alongside the built environment to make some, um, make some changes there. Um, you know, 39% of global emissions come from buildings, um, you know, from, you know, the construction, but also how we operate them. Um, so that's where we sort of really focused um, and have, I suppose, a long legacy in that space. We're aligned with, um, the Green Building Councils in Australia and New Zealand um, and others. Um, and, you know, because back then we didn't really have, I guess, what we call conscious consumerism. Like if you were buying green that you were thought of as being a bit of a hippie, um, you know, or a tree hugger, all of those sorts of things. Um, but I think, you know, the acceleration of the climate and biodiversity, and you'll note that I, I always say climate and biodiversity because they are two separate things and they are both incredibly important. Um, biodiversity underpins the global economy. Um, we rely on it, but yet we um, continue to destroy it. Um, but we do have a real, we've seen a real surge of interest in people trying to live more sustainably, probably, I would say in the last decade in particular. So. Um, Cantar, which is a market insights company, do a report every year um, called Better Futures, and it's uh, sort of market insights through a sustainability lens. So they'll go out and um, talk to people about the things that are on their mind and all of that sort of um, that sort of thing. And what they've found, um, and the, it was just released this year, that 43% of New Zealanders are committed to living a sustainable lifestyle. Um, and that has doubled in the last decade. So, um, yeah. you know, I think when you look at things like what we've just seen on the East Coast, you know, um, we're starting to see and feel the effects of climate change now. And I think people are responding accordingly. It's it's not sometimes, you know, we've, I saw this when I was working in humanitarian aid as well. It's very hard to get people to care about things sometimes um, to a point that they take action. People have empathy, but to the point that they take action unless it's um, in their own backyard or affecting them personally. So, yeah, we've seen 43% now. Um, you know, we've had 51% have actually said they've stopped buying products. Um, wow that have an adverse effect on um, the environment or society as well. So um, there's a real, um, you know, people care about this stuff. They want to do the right thing. I think sometimes there's a little bit of confusion. You know, we operate in a in an um, environment where um, you know, greenwashing is rife um, and it's quite hard to trust, put your trust in, um, you know, claims and things like that. And I guess that's where EcoChoice Aotearoa comes along. You know, we... We're really rigorous. We've been around for 30 years. We've got that legacy. We're bloody good at what we do. Um, but I think we've just been probably not so great at telling our story previously. So um, no, that's that's some interesting um, facts and figures you've thrown out there. Like if you think about 30 years, what would that be? Not very minimal on that those percentage scales, right? No one's really thinking ahead, but it's good. So it's that awareness, isn't it? You know, what what are we what are we doing? I mean, obviously there's big things that we can do, but there's there's very small steps that everybody can do to to help so that's good can you say something about um like what's the importance of you know transparency in your approach and how, how does that um help absolutely look i think um reputation is everything um it can take 
seconds to destroy a reputation and trying to build it back up is painstaking work and and for some brands it can be really impossible transparency is really key for us um because i guess we our currency is trust um you know that's what we you know we offer people we you know we say internally that you know we want to be a trusted friend to consumers and to businesses that we work with so you know we're not some big stick that comes along to um, businesses and you know tells them off for not doing the right thing the whole idea is that it's a process and that you know there's continuous improvement and things like that so with transparency it starts from the way that we write our product standards um so we write them we publicly notify them so anyone can make a comment on them and say hey you know the, the bar's too low there or the bar's too high or that's not commercially feasible um so we notify that for 60 days on our website um, and we, we do our best to um, get in touch with people we think might have skin in the game for that particular standard to get their feedback. Um, once we've done that, all of our standards are open source on our website. Um, so if you are a business that maybe isn't at the stage where you need an eco label or, you know, there is a cost involved, it's not, you know, it's not something that um, is within the realm of possibility yet. Um, you can go on our website, you can basically download a blueprint to how to do the right thing. Because again, we're about making maximum impact, you know, again, not for profit. Um, that's, you know, we're here to um, be change makers. Um, so all of that is very transparent. Um, and that means also consumers can jump on there as well and see, okay, um, these are all of the, the hoops, as I mentioned before, that um, businesses have had to jump through. Um, so I know, I know this is the real deal. Um, we're audited ourselves, um, all of that sort of thing. So, you know, our transparency and trust and credibility are, are, are core components of, of who we are. Yeah, that's good. And I think those tools that you're speaking about, on, on, I've seen them online and, and downloaded them myself. But And just looping back to what you said about the greenwash movement out there, you know what I mean? It's quite it's very easy to start thinking about sustainability and then just paint a nice green picture, so to speak, and, and put it up. But to work through some of your tools and it, it helps, you know, to really analyse what, what, what do we need to do to make a difference. So, I think that's good and that transparency around it and transparency within our own businesses to align with that, you know, what, what's the processes and what we set is it actually happening in the field, those sort of things, that, that sort of transparency is where it matters. So that's good. So just on alignment, um, what, what does a business like Markham get in aligning ourselves with um, your, your company? Well, I think that you're broadly when we start talking about sustainability now and, and the level of assurance that we provide, I think, you know, for businesses that choose to work with us, obviously, um, there is a degree of credibility that comes with that in terms of consumers. And, you know, if, um, you know, you rely on green start points, there's obviously um, that that's um, we're closely aligned with um, the Green Building Councils, both in Australia and New Zealand. Um, we have our network. So we're part of the global eco labeling network. So more and more, we're setting up sort of mutual recognition agreements with other eco labels around the globe. Um, so there's that as well. But I think, you know, when a business chooses to look at their operations from a sustainable point of view, there are so many benefits. Like sustainable business is good business. You know, it is going to help you um, make sure that you have business continuity, that your supply chains are sound. Um, you know, we help you get ahead of inevitable legislation and regulatory requirements. So um, obviously 
New Zealand has no bond slavery legislation. Um, they've been talking about it and working on it, but it's an election year, so it's probably quite some time away, I would imagine. Um, Australia already has that in place, and that really does affect some of our um, the businesses that we work with in New Zealand. So um, we are slowly starting to phase modern slavery and social accountability into our standards. Um, and again, we don't expect the change overnight. Like it's a it's a phase, and there's you know you. you know, businesses have to, you know, be able to um, do their homework and things like that. So by doing that, um, while people might sort of be like, oh, yet another hoop to jump through, thanks, EcoChoice, um, you know, it means that in a couple of years when that um, legislation is passed, is that you're ready to go, you've been doing it, you know what, you know, you know what's ahead of you, that sort of thing. I think as well, like when people, when businesses are looking to sort of retain or attract top talent these days, you know, um, employees are way more savvy and conscious of who they want to work for. Like no one wants to work for an eco-villain. They want to know that you are um, doing the right thing by people and planet as well. And I think um, our, our uh, mark certainly uh, symbolizes that as well. Um, so yeah, I could go on and on about all of the efforts of being part of our program, um, but um, uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good outline and, and yeah, I can witness to that. And um, and just just to look at future um, now, like future proofing, like talk talk to me a little bit about that. What does it look like for um you know including the value and visibility of your label and your eco label moving forward? You know, like you say, people are aligning with that. There's these social policies that are coming through, environmental policies that are all through business now. Um, tell me a bit about that uh, future proofing business. Um, through your level. Yeah, look, we, um, so while the MFA owns our trademark and we are independent, we obviously very much keep our um, ear to the ground on what's happening um, at that level. Um, and government relations is a huge part of what we do. So um, we are constantly looking ahead um, to see if there are, you know, is there anything that we need to be conscious of um, that we need to start prepping people for? Our whole, I suppose, MO is that we are hoping to get people um, ahead of what's, you know, the, the bottom line. So when modern slavery legislation is, you know, inevitably introduced in New Zealand, you know, there'll be there'll be a bar and, you know, we'll be asking the people, the businesses that work with us to take that up a notch as well. So they're market leaders, you know, they're early adopters, um, that sort of thing. Um, in terms of what the future holds for uh, EcoChoice, look, we are so excited. Um, it's so nice to finally land um, the brand and have that in place. It feels like the past year has very much been about sort of getting the house in order, giving it a bit of freshen up. Um, and some of the things that, you know, we spoke a little bit about conscious consumerism before, and we've never really had much of a, a B2C um, uh, interaction or focus. And going forward, we'll definitely have more of a dual focus um, in terms of, you know, B2B and B2C. Um, and again, be a lot more um, public facing. Um, so that's going to include things like, um, you know, we just did our first uh, consumer facing trade show, the Go Green Expo uh, in Auckland, which was kind of a very soft launch testing the waters type thing. But um, we're, we're lining up a bunch more that we hope to be able to work with our partners that have uh, have been awarded our label um, to work with them on different events like that. We've got, uh, we're working on a new website at the moment that we hope will be a really great resource for both businesses. Look, 
helping to become more sustainable businesses that already work with us, but also consumers. Social media, the very digital first sort of uh, way of working um, and lots of really cool partnerships that I would love to tell you about, but we're just sort of in the process of signing off at the moment. So yeah, we'll definitely be uh, a lot louder. Again, we're a not-for-profit, so it's not like we can do a big, you know, television campaign or anything like that. So um, we're really going to be working quite closely with, yeah, I guess, uh, people that share our vision and mission and the businesses that we work with as well, because collectively um, we're a lot louder and we can do so much more. That is good. That's good. And we're looking forward to being part of that journey too, hopefully. But um, I, I really, what your name just resonates with me because it is a choice, isn't it, that a business has to make or any a person has to make. And I mean, we'll get to the point where we're defined by those choices. So I think I think it's good, the, the model you've taken. So that's fantastic. Thanks for that. Um, just in closing, what's the best way for people to reach out to you following this awareness? Sure. Um just jump on our website, ecochoice.org.nz or ecochoiceartero.org.nz. Either will work. Um, I am Laura at environmentalchoice.org.nz currently. Hopefully by 5 p.m. tonight, it will be um, reverting to the new branding. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for making the point about choice as well. We deliberately decided to retain that because you're absolutely right. That needs to be an onus on all of us. And um, it's about, you know, us making choices now for future generations yeah 100% and I think um, like someone was telling me the other day that there could become a point you know where there's like litigation out there the choices we've made I mean we don't want to put preach fear so to speak but it's reality isn't it and and we're going to make those choices now to make sure we're aligned so no that's fantastic and anyone that wants to get in touch can obviously come through this Markham platform as well and we'll direct you the right way so Huge thanks, Laura, for joining. Appreciate your um, opening up about EcoChoice Aotearoa and appreciate all your input there. Um, And thanks again to all our listeners on this platform. Hope you all have a fantastic day wherever you are. And don't miss the next segment. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Laura. Thank you.